0: The t for the Devils
1: plays a cross ice into the far corner. Matto swoops into to intercept. Mateau behind the net. Sweets
2: it in front. He's down! Matto! 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 And, and the Rangers have one more hill to climb, baby! The Spurs. Botanics, here we go! Kamisaric has been begging to go with Lucic, Lucic under, cracks him with a right, Lucic gets it in the air,
0: turtles, Kamisaric down, and Lucic taunts the Montreal bench.
3: You better be
1: there! You're going to get West Day! Party at Taylor's house! Welcome back, guys, to another edition of the Morning Skate. Glad to have you guys back. I uh, just want to give a quick shout-out to our 100-plus followers on Twitter. What's up, people? Thank you for following us. We're A little bit of degenerates. Ryan, I'm going to have to actually have you rewrite the, uh, the bio for our Twitter, because I just kind of did it, and I think it sounds pretty fucking stupid. So... Um, but yeah, what's up fellas? How's everything going?
2: Hey, I It's good that he's back on Google Hangouts, hating our lives back on the grind.
1: Right, dude, just nothing like packing a lip at eleven thirty in the morning and talking about how bullshit tomorrow's gonna be.
0: Yeah, it's literally eleven thirty on Sunday and i already have the shakes thinking about waking <laughs> up and going to work tomorrow morning. So But
2: good day of football ahead. Not that <laughs> you know, you gotta just take it hour by hour. You can't think of the big picture. You just pretty much gotta survive one hour at a time. Dude. That's so true, like, dude. Dude, you live for the hour on Sundays. That's that's what I tell myself every day. <laughs> every, every Sunday. I was <laughs> like, okay, I got one more hour until it's the next hour. Let's make this hour decent. Better
1: than the last, dude.
0: I'm, once like four o'clock comes around, especially during winter when it starts getting dark, that's when I really oh. struggle. To- yeah, it's, it
1: kicks it hard. Yeah. <laughs> That's when you, like, lock yourself in your bedroom and you're like, no. No. <laughs> Maybe not you guys. But. All right. Um, so today, big, big podcast today. Uh, let's see. So the first section, we're going to do a little NHL on the news. It's going to be quick. Quick, well, I don't know quick, but, like, we have less subjects to talk about. We're going to talk about the Columbus Blue Jackets being uh, December and January's Stanley Cup winner. Um and then we're gonna get into the World Juniors where, uh, let me tell you, the the boys did it. We're, we'll get into that. Um, after that we're gonna go into an interview with the former slash. I mean, I guess he's a current uh hockey. He played for the Florida Panthers for a bit. Now he's uh down. Uh, what team's he on now, Ryan? I should know this.
2: Uh, What's up?
1: I was at I was at
0: Springfield, right?
2: Spring,
1: no, yeah, Springfield.
0: Springfield. Uh. What are we talking
1: about? Talk about Shane Harper, dude.
0: Oh yeah. Speaking of Springfield, McLarath got in a great fight last night in Springfield. Did he? Ooh. Yeah, he kicked a chari's ass the old De Bruin.
1: Also also just saw that's a, like Florida's kinda going through the injury bug again and somebody else just got injured last night and didn't return to the game, so Harps may be on his way back up. So we have an interview with him. After that, we really haven't talked about our respective teams in a while, so we're going to talk a little Rangers, a little Bruins, get into our three stars, and that'll be that. So uh, without further ado, we'll do do a little bit of NHL in the news right now. So the Columbus Blue Jackets, guys, uh, they go on a 16-game winning streak in the months of December and January. <clears throat> Dan, I know you hate Tortorella. Um, they playing good hockey, too, like not really fluke hockey. They're just pretty much dominating whoever they play. They go in and they get smoked by Washington. I think it was 5 nothing, or something along those lines. And then last night, uh, they played the Rangers. Now, granted, the Rangers played, like, absolute dog shit for the first two periods. But they're down 4-1, to one, I think, going into the third. And the Rangers battle back and score 16 seconds left to, to win the game. So now Columbus is spiraling the other way. Nah, I don't know really spiraling. They've just lost two straight. Let, last night, though, the comeback, uh, that one hurt. What do you guys have with uh, with Tortorella's Columbus Blue Jackets?
0: Uh, why don't you start, guys? I really start Why don't
1: you. Start. <clears throat> All right. Uh, <laughs> Sorry
0: you on the hot seat. I just need a second <laughs> No,
1: that's fine. Uh, I feel like this happens every year where there's like one team that's like nasty during the months of December, and January, right? And then, how often do those teams ever win the Stanley Cup? Like, per- pretty much never. So, I think, I mean, the NHL hockey in general is about uh, what, what's that expression? Something in lows, Eps and lows, Eps and flows. I don't know, something along those lines. I, whatever my coaches used to say, and I'm like, I don't know what that means, but it sounds fucking great. Essentially, what it means is you, you go through like peaks and valleys, so you want your team to be peaking at the absolute right moment. <clears throat> it doesn't really matter that you're peaking in the month of December. Um, Devil's advocate, I think the Blue Jackets can play 500 hockey the rest of the year, and they're definitely in the playoffs. So I think they put themselves in a very good situation to do that. Unless Bobrovsky gets hurt, then they're fucked because their backup's terrible. But, um, again, like, I think they peaked too early. I think, and, and you know, it's really funny after seeing the U.S., uh, what was it, the World Cup hockey team just struggle, and they were, like, the worst team ever. John Torrell is the worst coach ever. Like, what is he thinking? All of those guys saying those things are now so far up his ass calling him one of the best coaches in the NHL. It's laugh. I laugh every time I hear somebody be like, oh, Torch is the man. Really? Because you were just fucking crucifying this guy not three months ago. Um, hockey analysts have very short-term memories. So, you know, they're good. I, I'm glad that they didn't beat that record or whatever. Because I think the rec Who was it held by before? The Penguins, right? Like when Mario was on the team?
2: I think they did win the Cup that year. Yeah.
1: But, I mean, they're not, they're not that team. They didn't have Viagra or like a Um. Yeah. You know. um, We'll say this, I miss the shit out of Brandon Dubinsky. I hope he's doing well. That guy's an absolute warrior. Um, and then, like, their makeup of the team, I was my dad this, you know, if the Rangers get eliminated from the playoffs, I'm definitely going to be pushing for him. I love Torts. I love Dubinsky. I like Cam Atkinson. I like Foligno. Uh That Warrensky kid's pretty good. Scotty Hartnell. <laughs> I go so back and forth on that guy all the time because he's such a scumbag, but, like, you know, bring at least bring the curls back. Then I Then I'll be full Scotty Hartnell guy. Um. So yeah, that's why I got the Blue Jackets. What's up?
2: I say he's when Johnny Damon went to the Yankees and he had to cut his hair, kind of <laughs> turned into a different
1: player. Yeah, in the NHL, that's that's similar to you know, <laughs> fucking Scotty Hartnell going to Columbus, Ohio. So, um, that's my <laughs> take. So, so what do you guys got on that?
2: I can go, dude. <coughs> I think I think Tortorello just earned himself a, another two years he, he did his job like I said in the previous <coughs> podcast he's uh, known for his month of December so you know he's given himself a pat on the back after this month and uh, he's probably gonna sign an extension pretty soon um, I like I, I like Columbus's makeup I think they play a well-rounded game um, obviously that streak was pretty impressive. Uh, I know I kind of, I was kind of hoping that the they would have beat washington so the Rangers could have yeah. could have ended it that would have been pretty gold but we beat them anyway so um I think you're also also right where obviously you want your team to be kind of kind of coming in hot at the right time so maybe they did peak a little early but like you said I, think <laughs> I agree I think they're gonna I think they'll survive and uh, advance to the playoffs um and maybe maybe make a run at it. It'll be kind of interesting to see see that team go far and do pretty good. Um, not really much else to say. It's just kind of kind of funny. I think we. I mean, maybe I'll give myself a pat on the back for calling it. But uh, just you know, classic torts having a having a great month of December. So uh, that's all I really have.
0: Yeah, I yeah. thank you guys pretty much. With the nail on the head. I think everybody, almost in the hockey world, agrees on all this stuff. I mean, I think they're going to make the playoffs based on this performance. I think you're right. If they go 500, they'll be good to go. Um, I mean, the only, the only thing that would be concerning is, like, they have the best save percentage in the league, and they also have the best <laughs> shooting percentage in the league right now. Or at least they did over that. Yeah, they do. Well, that's not going to fucking Like, Eventually, they're not going to be shooting – that crazy percentage that they were. They had guys like Cam Atkinson who scoring on like every fourth shot. So, I mean, that would be kind of concerning to me. I, I guess I could almost take it back. If they play 500 hockey, I mean, think, it's fucking nuts to look at the Metropolitan Division this year because they, they just went on a 16-game winning streak, and the fourth best team in that conference is three points behind them. They also have so four like, games in hand, right? Uh, they do a you, but everybody else is in the same boat. The Rangers just have played more games than everybody else. Okay. Um, but everybody else is sitting around 38, 39 games. So, I mean, it'll be interesting to fucking see what happens with them. I'm not a huge winning streak. guy. I will say this. appreciated this a lot more than – remember, I don't know if it was last year or the year before, where the Blackhawks went on that like streak. Oh, yeah. But, like, they are counting overtime losses and shit it was yeah. like street for how many points they get each game like that was fucking nuts. how many
1: games without a loss or something like that yeah <laughs>
0: they're, they're just getting overtime points i don't know but yeah i don't have much more to add on that it was impressive but it's over like everyone knew it would end so. remember remember um well i forget what year it was
2: it was probably like eight years ago maybe even ten years ago now and. uh when the Buffalo Sabres got off to that, like, 13-0 start and everyone thought that they were going to go undefeated the whole season, that they couldn't be beat, and then they just wound up sucking again. Was that, like, the dreary years with like, a fan kind of get off? was that a team can make a little run and then just kind of ship the bed, so it'll be interesting to see how they rebound. No, and, and I don't know why
0: that just made me think of this, but Columbus, like, Three years ago. Do you guys remember that they had when Dubinsky was shutting down Crosby in the playoffs? Mm-hmm. They had Dubinsky, Oh, yeah. Crosby's like every fucking uh, I mean they could they could have a good I could see them winning one round. I just don't see them winning the cup, but I don't think anybody does
1: so. Top three goal horns in the NHL.
0: Um
1: <clears throat> all right, now we're gonna get into a subject that I'm very passionate about, and that's the United States. Um <laughs> the United States. Quick quick shout-out to all those people that are too sensitive and want safe spaces, and every time you yell at them, they're like, oh, my God, you have to stop. Listen, if you don't like it, get the fuck out. Canada's very close. Just head up north. They'll treat you right. Um, The boys in the red, white, and blue go out, and they win the World Junior first time since 2010. Um, They beat Russia in a shootout where uh, Troy Terry scores, uh, like, very similar TJ Oshie situation against Russia. Three goals, all five-hole. We go and we play Canada, and uh, it's funny. My dad, whenever like the team he wants to win, goes down by two goals. He freaks out. So the U.S. is losing to Canada 2-0. He's like, fuck this. And he, like, he gets up, and he fucking storms into his bedroom. USA ties it up 2-2. He comes back out all, all sorts of pumped up. Like, all right, here we go. Canada scores twice quick in the third. Gets pissed off again. Goes in his room. USA ties it up 4-4. Comes out. I'm like, Dad, you probably should have just stayed in there, man, because we're doing really good without you. Just like busting his balls, he gets all sensitive and shit. And then uh, goes to a shootout where Troy Terry, again, I'm pretty sure he went five hole again. So the guy's just, you know, laying pipe. Uh, and, I mean, our goalie with the neck tattoo came up big again, Spencer Parsons. So uh, USA wins. Uh, I'll get on my views on that in a little bit. But what do you guys got there?
2: Well, I'll just—I gotta—I gotta get something off my chest. I know oh. in the last last podcast, I might have had a few few too many nips in me when I made that hot take, but I'll own it. I said that the U.S. was too soft, uh, didn't have enough grit, and that they wouldn't even make it to the bell round. I think I said I—I I thought Switzerland was gonna make it. I, was Switzerland even in the tournament? I don't even know. Uh, but that one's on me. USA was very impressive. <laughs> Uh, that goalie Parsons really, that was really awesome. And that this, those, the Canada USA rivalry hockey is the best rivalry in all sports. I think, um, and this is just another, I think this, this was probably one of the best world junior, uh, USA Canada game. I know back in 2010 when Carlson scored that overtime winner, that was a great game. Uh, but this was, this was incredible. Um, that really over that overtime period
1: was unreal.
2: Yeah, that game that game was pretty fucking crazy too. Um, but yeah, they looked really impressive. They those over <laughs> ugh, every overtime game is so gut wrenching. Like especially when they USA or sorry Canada had probably like I don't know six like maybe six quality quality chances to score, and like you could just hear the crowd in there go freaking insane. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just an overall great game. Uh, loved the way USA battled. and just kind of stayed, stayed composed and uh, chipped away. I will say that I don't always like ending those tournaments and, and shootouts. I know they kind of have to. I guess that's that's the rule. But uh, I would have loved to see maybe another overtime. But at the same time, shootouts are really exciting. And that Parsons kid stopped <laughs> five of Canada's shots. Pretty incredible. Um but at the same time, so we we beat up on Canada pretty good in the the round robin. So to beat them twice in that tournament uh, is something uh, pretty impressive. So it was overall really cool to see. Yeah,
0: uh, I'll say a lot of the same. I didn't really, I mean, I didn't really get too far into the tournament till the round robins. I don't know if that makes me a front runner. I watched most of the games. I wasn't that. I don't know. I I don't know what was up. I don't. I didn't think USA had that like a necessarily strong team this year. I didn't think any team really had that strong of a team. Canada definitely wasn't the powerhouse that they usually are. I think that's evident when a Strom is a captain of your team. Um my biggest takeaway is one, Dan, I, I don't I kinda agree. I don't I don't mind shootouts in international yeah. I, it's something about like that Euro- European element, maybe. Yeah. Like in the Olympics and all that, I actually, like, I find it exciting. And I know people would be like, oh, if Canada won yeah. in the shootout, uh, blah, blah, blah. I mean, Canada outshot us in overtime, like, 17 to 4. So we might have been kind of fucking lucky to get to the shootout. Um I, I kind of find the shootouts exciting. People shit on it all the time, win or lose. But if you think about it, the most, the biggest memories people have of, like, international playing hockey the last fucking Ten years or so, or like Taze's shootout goal, Oshie and Terry. Those are like the three biggest moments, and those yeah. moments happen yeah. if they play in overtime. Overtime, awesome, and they have those twenty minutes of overtime. I would never, in a million years, want that to happen in the NHL. But I think it's something different, and it's a different product. These international games, so I'm completely cool with the shootout. And I don't, I know nobody in Canada probably listens to us, but I'm not just saying that because the US won. I, I firmly believe yeah. I wouldn't have been sour and said USA would have won in overtime if Canada won the shootout. Because I mean that shit is like that shit is so gut wrenching watching a shootout. I mean, yeah, I'm not a huge I'm not a huge soccer fan, but if you watch like in the Premier League, I mean that shit's nuts. That goalie's jumping from side to side just hoping it gets the right way. So I'm completely on board with keeping the shootout there. Uh
1: I mean you can even rewind it even further back when like Peter Forsberg did like the padded Forsberg shootout. Like it's it's, it's not like it's a new rule. It's been it's been there forever. So.
0: Yeah, so I'm I'm completely okay with that. Uh, yeah, I mean, I said that the other podcast it's fun to watch your prospects on the team. I definitely enjoyed that this tournament. Um, Wait,
2: who was did, who was? Uh, I was really impressed with that um, with McAvoy that defensive Yeah, he, he's not a Bruins guy,
0: is he? Yeah, he is. Yeah, yeah, he is. he is, dude. <laughs> nice. Yeah, he was he's our pick last year, He's the diehard Rangers fan that we drafted, but I mean, he fucking. I saw- he, I, I'm so excited for him. He's one of those guys you have to take the good with the bad with, because he. The one thing that kind of pissed me off with him is he was kind of playing hero ball a little bit a couple of times. I mean, he yeah. really wanted the fuck on a stick. But, I mean, he had like that ridiculous time in the third period. I mean, yeah, was, yeah was... over, playing over 30 minutes a night in back-to-back games in World Juniors is insane. Ah, uh, the other thing I wanted to touch on really quick, and I talked about this with you guys earlier, is the whole fucking fact that World Juniors. Hockey Canada in particular, I mean, they always get the bids to have these tournaments because they get big crowds, but they're fucking trying to monopolize it. And I read a great article, I'll try to find it, um, post it somewhere, but it was basically regarding how they're putting it in these huge markets and they're treating it like an NHL game they're charging like 200 bucks of tickets. And that that's not what World Juniors should be. Uh, I mean, my favorite tournaments are the ones that have been played in like, saskatoon or when it was in america when it was in north dakota that was fucking awesome like um keeping in those small junior or college towns or over in europe in those small towns is what it should be it shouldn't be in toronto or montreal or the fans simply didn't give a fuck until the gold medal game if canada didn't make it that rink would have been fucking empty no one would have cared so i mean if you're playing in front of like a small eight thousand seat venue it just feels fucking electric and up until the final round, I guess medal games, I didn't feel that atmosphere at all, and I, I just feel like it's kind of selling out what's truly special about that event. So, not I, I, I agree with that too. Also, I mean, look where it is next year.
2: It's like okay, they put it in the U.S., but it's in Buffalo, which is two minutes from Toronto. So, scum of the earth, that's pretty sweet.
0: But Buffalo is actually an okay oh. venue, just because it is close to Canada and it it will. Draw well, I guess. Buffalo still kind of has that like meaty feel to it. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm kind of being in a hypocrite they, there. Are they playing
2: that in their new? No,
0: well, they'll have to play that at the uh, big arena. Right? Niagara, yeah. I
2: was going to say because they just built their new. Yeah, it's just a practice facility. What's it? The Harbor Center or yeah.
1: something?
2: Yeah. <laughs> it's nearly not big enough. Yeah. But that'll be exciting. And then they have the outdoor, like we talked about earlier, the outdoor classic right they yeah that's a, they,
1: that's the year. next that's the next usa canada game it is uh, i think it's on yeah. christmas eve or whatever
0: that actually after watching these two usa canada games that actually pisses me off more that they're throwing one of those games and putting it into like an outdoor venue just because how much those games mean and how great both those games were
2: yeah, yeah that's
0: that's what i said earlier it's like
2: yeah it'd be a cool event but it's a meaningful game i don't know why you have to Playing outside
1: could be kind of detrimental, I guess, but uh, maybe it'll just add to the rivalry. And,
2: uh, just... uh, can I get into, Can I get into my points,
1: dude? Yeah. Sorry. No, don't say sorry. It was a great, great conversation. Uh, Charlie McVoy is going to be a great hockey player. Ryan, you should be very happy about that. Uh, he may have been playing hero ball, but that's just – I'd rather have a guy who wants to puck on their stick rather than somebody who doesn't. McAvoy is going to be uh, a player. Thomas Chabot of Canada, their defenseman, he's gonna be a senator. That kid's gonna be legit. Like, I fucking hate him, but that kid's gonna be super fucking good. Uh the fact that Barzell isn't on the Islanders right now and the Islanders suck blows my mind. <coughs> uh,
0: Barzell's that good.
1: He's pretty good, dude. He was Can- I thought other I than Shabbat, he was he was Canada's best player. I
0: I thought the only I thought he got out muscled ninety percent of the time and the ten percent he didn't is when USA got pinned in their zone. He was playing against tired guys. I don't think his game's going to translate to the NHL. I don't think it translated that well against USA. I, I think he's a playmaker, Thomas. man.
1: I think, I don't know. I think he, every time he had the puck, it seemed like, he, if yeah, he did get out-muscled, but he, he can move the puck and he can find find good uh, lanes and stuff. So I thought Parzell was a good player. Uh, our goalie has a neck I, tattoo. I think,
0: you can't cut me off. I think he's going to be like Tim Connolly in the NHL. He's got three problems. He's going to be, he's gonna be he's a playmaker, but he's going to disappear a lot. He's he's a power play specialist just like Tim Connolly,
2: did. But I think he's like a Jordan uh, Eberle kind of wannabe. He looks he looks and kind of plays like anywhere's number fourteen. I see that. That's good. I don't know if he'll be a. I don't think he'll be a great NHL player. No, I don't. I don't think so. I think he's. I don't know, small and uh, we'll see. You gotta give kids chances, right? Yeah.
1: Um. I love the fact that our goalie had a neck tattoo. I thought that was pretty nails. Uh. And then okay, I,
2: can I ask a question
1: about... What's up?
2: I know you're a, bit, you're a huge fan of neck tattoos. How do you... Do you just do you look it up before the tournament starts, or do you just notice it as the game I goes on? I
1: noticed it as the game went on. Like, I, I okay. was... Like, before the shootout or whatever against Russia, I was like, alright, I think we're pretty fucked. And Parson, like, <laughs> he, he took his helmet off, and I saw it, and I had never been more confident in my entire life when I saw that. I was like, yep. <laughs> Good luck. Good luck, Russia. Because I think Russia used to... There's, another team had a, a guy with a neck tattoo. And he was yeah, actually...
2: Dude, the Rangers drafted a guy and you loved him. Yeah, a big neck tattoo The guy Russian defensive or whatever. Yeah. It's a neck tattoo. Dude,
1: unreal. You have to have balls to do that. And then lastly, I think my favorite thing in yeah. the tournament is when the U.S. won... Uh... Just seeing those little Canada losers cry. Uh... I, something, I don't know why, I don't know if it means I'm, like, a sadistic fuck, but whenever I see somebody, like, just get bullied to the fact that they're crying, I get so happy, Uh, there's nothing more that I want in the world than to see somebody cry that I don't like, so seeing, like, forget their fucking names, but just crying their little asses off, uh, oh, man, it was awesome, I got butterflies when I saw it, I just started laughing so hard, and I mean, grab grab a tissue, dude. You're a guy. If you're gonna start crying, go play soccer, or like some fucking pussy ass sport. You know, you're you're supposed to play hockey. You're supposed to be a man. So, uh... okay. Do
0: you, do you know who I hated, and he was falling? Is uh fucking Joseph, the French kid who scored that one goal? Yes, that's yes. Oh, dude, he couldn't yeah. stop crying! Damn that fucking kid. I don't know why. I just hated his celebration, and I don't oh. fucking know, dude. Fuck that. <laughs> that's karma. Let's, Chad, if, if say we
2: had, like, a pretty big cup in it, if we filled it up with all of people from Canada and Team Canada's tears, put it all in one cup, would you just sip on it like a nice whiskey or would you just chug it?
1: I'd definitely sip on it. Okay. I, I'd i fucking put some ice in there. And every, every time I sipped on it, I would want, like, a YouTube montage about whoever's tears that I was drinking. And it would be... <laughs> I mean I I no joke, I had like twenty people message me about my Snapchat about like drinking people's tears. And they loved it. <laughs> Absolutely loved it. So uh also quick shout out, they definitely don't listen to Liv Marino and Cam Ward who got real cocky and sent me Snapchats when Canada was up to nothing. Uh how's your life going, ladies? Yeah. Uh all right. So that was our little NHL in the news segment, and now we're I don't know about you but I'm super pumped to uh, to announce this our next segment's going to be two minutes well worth it and it's going to be with Shane Harper uh, played for the Florida Panthers uh, HL guys from California but most importantly he's a Navy Molson champion uh, agreed to come on and talk to us for a little bit so the next segment right here is two minutes well worth it with uh, Shane Harper two minutes well
0: worth it California
1: First uh professional guys hockey player, Shane Harper of the Florida Panthers organization. He's currently playing for the Springfield Thunderbirds. But I mean I think his biggest accomplishments being a Navy Molson champion. So Harps, thanks for uh coming on here with us. We really appreciate it. How are you doing tonight, man?
3: I'm doing great. Yeah, I'm glad to be here. And you know, I'm I, I partially do agree with that statement.
1: Just partially? <laughs> <laughs>
3: It was a big moment in my career. Uh,
1: yeah. We're, we're going to kind of get into that a little bit later, for sure. Uh, showing up a little fashionably late, professional hockey player, you know, can't can't buy a watch at school, it's whatever, yeah. so this is where we're at. So uh, Harps is from uh, California, Valencia, right? Yes. So how the fuck did you get into hockey, like out of all sports, being from California, like how did that happen?
3: Well, I played like the normal soccer, baseball. Uh, and then <laughs> I was five and a half, I was, yeah, five and a half turning six and my parents saw a, uh, a flyer for uh, a roller hockey league slash tryout, uh, like YMCA, everybody, everybody makes the team, everybody plays. Um, they signed me up for, it was outdoor roller hockey they signed me up and I just loved it.
1: And that, that's where it all began.
3: I kind of, yeah, that's what was my first season. I played there for, I can't remember if it was one or two seasons, but then after that I played my first ice hockey season. I never really played another sport after that. I quit baseball. I was pretty good at baseball, but I quit
1: right after that. Um, what position in baseball? Uh, I mean, we were young. We played all over. I played, I think, my favorite position was catcher. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Not not going to look too into that. Um. Next question <laughs> for you. Uh. Everybody is saying how hockey's growing in Arizona and California, probably because, like, Austin Matthews is in the league and shit. Is that, like, a myth, or is it actually growing out there?
3: No, that's for sure growing. Um, I think now it's probably growing a little bit more in Arizona, but, I mean, it's been huge in California over the past uh, few years. I mean, I think Gretzky really started that, so that was in uh, that was probably in, ninety. I don't know, 93. 90- 95, around that time, 95, 96, 97, where uh, he was a huge part of the Kings, and uh, that just really grew the sport, um, and a lot of kids around my age started playing because of him, so um, yeah, hockey's a lot bigger, and now, I mean, that, so we were you know five around five years old now, so now you're seeing a lot of more of uh, hockey players that are turning professional um, over the past couple of years, and uh, a lot of that has to do with Gretzky.
0: It's a great right. one. i uh, switch it up. So you played for uh, the Everett Silver Tips in WHL. What's the WHL. What's playing in the WHL like? I always had this dream of like drinking a 12-pack and going to a game in Medicine Hat. <laughs> that, that would you? probably be pretty fun to do, actually, go to Medicine Hat
3: and just have some beers. Um, the WHL was great. I, I have nothing but good memories coming from that league. It's 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 really jumping almost into a professional league really at age 16 I mean it, you play you play 72 games uh, it's it's a it's a bit of a grind you almost like just like I said jump right into it like the AHL season is 76 games NHL season is 82 so you play 10 less than the NHL 72 games um, you're responsible for Uh, Basically being a professional on on and off the ice, uh, you have a lot, you move away from your home um, at a young age, you kind of have to just kind of grow up really, and um, it's a great league, a lot of talent in that league, and uh, I was really fortunate to be able to play in that league.
0: uh, So did you, you probably, I'm sure you played AAA, were you playing in like, California or where you you got found they found you how'd they find you
3: yeah they found me in like select tournaments uh stuff like that or tournaments where we'd go we'd we'd be traveling all the time when I played for the wave when I was uh the year before I went to Everett we were traveling constantly to tournaments maybe once or twice a month um so there'd be scouts there and stuff and (laughs) seven actually seven guys out of my on my team that year Signed in the WHL and played that year. That was like a record for California. Um, seven guys on our team played in the WHL the following year.
1: Were any of those we were, guys on your team?
3: Uh, one guy was on our team, Jonathan Millhouse. He he played on my team in Everett. Everybody else was on a different team. Um,
1: that must have been nice to like go with him though and like transition because I'm sure you were probably was, young. You know. What
3: yeah, you? It, was pretty, it was pretty awesome to have him there. Um, and. It's not like you can go, you know, choose and pick what team you'd want to go with. All these teams were protecting players, um, basically hoping. So if you weren't if you weren't drafted, you're they're allowed to protect a player. There they had you can have 50 players in your protected list. So it's basically the same as the NHL. However many guys you have on your team, 20 something, and then players that are uh, up and coming you can put on their list. And uh, so ever protected me and. I went there, I loved it, I made the team, and I, I just ended up staying there. I really wasn't expecting to stay there my first year, but I did.
1: All right, and then from there, I'm pretty sure you went to the Adirondack Phantoms, right? Yep, I signed. I went on draft, and I signed as a free agent when I was 20, and I went
3: to the Phantoms. With I signed to Philadelphia, and I, their affiliate team was uh, the Phantoms.
1: So you went from California to Glens Falls, New York. What one would you pick to live in for the rest of your life? <laughs>
3: Well, I mean, home is home, so I'm wherever it is. Uh, I probably, probably pick home, but no, I, I really do like Glens Falls. I've, I've spent a lot of time there. Um, I'm just, I guess, I'm fortunate that I am from California, but uh, uh, I actually do like uh, Glens Falls, and uh, the summers are great there.
0: Do you have Do you have like any stories about like I don't know the Civic Center in general? Because sometimes when we go to games. <laughs> Look around, and be like what the fuck? Dude, <laughs> just like not, not necessarily the fans. It just, I don't know. It just seemed completely different. You could walk downstairs and you'd be like right there with the players, and like yeah. the locker room looked terrible.
1: Yeah, Harps, Harps to go on that. Definitely tell the Sean Avery story.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, I
3: forgot about that. Honestly, I, I, I think the Civic Center is one of the more one of the better rinks to play in in, the, in all of the HL. Like if that place is filled or close to filled, it's so fun to play in there because the the stands are so steep. It feels like everybody's right on top of you, and and it's not a, it's not too big, so it gets pretty loud in there. So it's different than say you go to Albany. It's see a sixteen thousand seat arena and there's two thousand people in there. It's miserable. You go to you go to the Civic Center. It's forty five hundred people. If you have Three thousand or four thousand people in there it feels like it's. You feel like you're playing in front of eight thousand, so it's actually pretty cool. Obviously, it's an older building. The the amenities aren't as nice as say a newer rink, but they have done a good job of, um, you know, updating things and actually. But overall, I really did enjoy playing there. The Avery story is pretty funny. I was on the bike downstairs. the The away locker room was down the down the hallway. The the away players have to walk by our locker room to get to their bus outside. Avery's playing for the Hartford Wolf Pack, who was uh, the Rangers affiliate at the time. I'm just on the bike. He's walking by. Goes to a fan. The fan, uh, the fan says, uh, "You know, hey, Sean, can I grab a? Can I grab a autograph?" He just he says, "I don't know if he's in a bad mood. Whatever." He said, "No, maybe they lost. They don't even remember. Maybe, but." Uh, and the guy said something like "You're a fucking piece of shit" or something. He said something like that, and Avery snapped and uh, like ran over to the guy and pretended to punch him in the face. And this guy jumped back so far, I was pretty darn hilarious. I felt bad for the for the fan, but it was pretty hilarious. And like he said, I didn't remember what he said, but he said something. I was just like, "Oh my goodness!" I was like, he just went after that fan. It was, I was right there. I saw the whole thing. It
2: was pretty
1: <laughs> All right, so uh, when you were the Phantoms, I mean, when you when you signed on to Navy Molson, your uh, your Twitter picture was you in front of the net with Braden Holpe, outdoor game. What was that like? That had to have been incredible.
3: That was pretty incredible. That was probably the coolest game I've ever played in. It was just like so different than anything I've ever experienced before. It was at the Philadelphia Phillies baseball uh, stadium. In the middle of the grass, like the, there was like I don't know how many people, forty six thousand people there, but they weren't like on next to glass, so it seemed like we were just playing out there by yourself almost because when you're on the ice, you couldn't see anybody really. Yeah. Until you went on the bench and looked around, and then you could see everybody. But it was so weird, and playing playing at night underneath the lights was like such a cool experience. Even getting to skate out there and practice in the for morning skate, it was so cool. Beginning to play outside, it was awesome, and then obviously win the game in overtime was pretty incredible.
0: I want to ask going off this, so like as an actual professional hockey player, I think a lot of fans now at least we feel this way, are starting to feel like there's almost like a saturation and there's too many outdoor games. Do you think they're like losing? They're kind of like the special touch they have or do you think players still like love every minute of it?
3: I kind of honestly, I kind of agree with you. Like, I think the players love it, but as say just me if, say I was a fan, like just watching the games, I think they, they are doing maybe a couple too many, but I can see why they are doing it because they're fun to watch. And if you could go to one, it would be absolutely incredible, I'm sure, to go to one. Um, but that is a good point. It, they, it does seem that uh, they are a little bit more saturated now, like you said. Um, before, it was just maybe one game a year and everybody was so excited about it. I do agree with you there, but I can see why they're doing it just because they are really fun and cool to be a part of, so I can see why
1: they're doing more. Okay. <laughs> All right, so uh, so on June 12, 2013, you got traded from the Flyers to the Islanders uh, for Mark Streit. And I think a fourth-round pick went with you, but that's a wash because who fucking cares about that? Pretty <laughs> Lee, Mark Streit, pretty sure he was an all-star at one point, right?
3: Yeah, honestly, that was more like, I think, for you see these trades that are like You know, for contract space or just to clear up space. I think that was more so for that. Oh,
1: don't put yourself down, dude. You got traded for an all-star. That's exactly the way I would put it. (laughs) thousand percent. All right, you're right. I'll just go with that. Yeah, yeah. roll with that. Whenever anybody asks you that, yeah, all-star. All right, so you play in a couple different spots before that, like Portland, uh, and then this summer... You, you hop on our team, our Navy Molson Championship team. Uh, yep. You played real well. I was giving you a little bit of X's and O's out there. You know this is what you should be doing. Fast yeah, forward Shane a couple off. months. Like a couple more times, huh? Yeah. Fast forward a couple months, you make the Panthers team. Now is that a coincidence?
3: I don't think so. I don't. I don't. I don't think that is a coincidence,
1: right? I I I mean that's what I've been telling everybody. Like oh Shane Harper's in the <laughs> NHL. I was like yeah he hasn't even fucking said thank you yet. <laughs>
0: It, you it, it, yeah, you guys aren't even surprised.
1: Anymore. Yeah, no, it was it was pretty much. So okay, so going into the training camp, like, did you have like? I mean, obviously, you have to feel good about it. But did you think you had any shot making that team?
3: Well, the chances were probably a little s- slimmer. I thought there were. I mean, the reason why I thought they were a little <laughs> slimmer was just because I hadn't yet played in an NHL game. If I had. I really was confident though that this year was going to be the year that I played in the NHL. I was the most confident. I was confident last year and I thought I had a pretty solid year um, and I actually would have been called up last year but I had a, a pretty bad ankle injury. I was out for like about six months. During that time there were some injuries and they said I, w- I would have been called up, you know. But you never know. You never know uh, if you would have or would Yeah. You know what I'm saying. If it wouldn't have happened. But you know, I ended up making the team out of camp. So obviously, they were uh, telling the truth, and they they liked what I was doing. So I was just trying to play as well as I could, not really worry about it. I, once once I was, you know, made a few cuts, and because uh, last year I was one of the last cuts as well. I think I was I don't know, maybe the third, third or fourth forwards to to be sent down, though to make the team. So I was pretty close last year. Um, and I, I was, I mean, I was slightly surprised to make it out of camp, but I was just thrilled, and uh, I was just trying to work my work my ass off, really.
1: Yeah, Valeni and I were for sure tracking your progress throughout the, like that entire course. Like, we would text each other, like, yo, you made it. You made it. You got a couple more weeks. Let, let's get it going. We, we were all on that 100%. <laughs> That's awesome. <clears throat> um, Lee, you want the next question?
0: Yeah, so... Uh, you, were, you were mixing it up a little bit this year. I looked at your hockey fights, uh, your fight car. You didn't have too many, bro. Here you went up. Uh, you had weird and I'm a, I'm a Bruins fan. Uh, yeah. The fight with McQuaid, which is spur of the moment. I mean,
1: Harp, you, you got go. to be a fucking psychopath, dude.
0: <laughs> like what? What is that like? What is that moment like? Like fighting, especially someone like McQuaid. Who's, I mean, I know that was spur of the moment. He's like 6'5". five yeah. for fighting.
3: Well, I hit on that one. I hit Krug
0: yeah um great hit yeah
3: it, so I mean he challenged me it, lo- it looked worse than I think it was because I think Krug was falling but I, I did get him pretty good I guess and then so like when that happens it's like okay well I mean I hit one of their guys McQuaid wants to jump in so I just you know I just said I didn't play a ton of ships that game I just said screw it like you know what what do I got to lose so I just I said screw it I'll go for it and I don't know.
1: I'm not uh I was pumped, dude. <laughs> like like you held you you held your own cuz Ad McQuaid is like he's a fighter, man. And he's a
2: big boy, yeah. in, in
1: your one fight you drop more gloves than Brian Boyle has his entire career when he gets into fights. So <laughs> a a plus effort there. I was pumped to see that.
3: Yeah, exactly. Oh. Like in obviously playing the AHL, like, you know, I'm I'm a bit of a different role. I'm you know more of a scorer, so I'm not really out there. Same hitting as hitting as much as I would say in the NHL on the fourth line or something like that. So, um, that's just a different style of game that you play, and I guess sometimes that comes with the territory. So I wasn't afraid. Um, so I I wasn't like out there looking for fights, but I wasn't afraid to mix it up a little. So that's that's what happened a couple of times.
1: And then you uh you scored two against the Avalanche saw saw the highlights of those beauty goals celebration was a hundred Valeni's sister <laughs> Valeni's sister was actually at the game and she sent Kev Snapchats of you going down the line and shit so I got all those videos no way yeah dude it was that what was the feeling like there scoring those goals because when like you're on the NHL team I thought you're more of a spark plug than anything man like when you were out there you're hitting you're wheeling and I feel like you were definitely yeah. an energy guy. And right. the NHL's kind of gotten away from that. I'm not really a big fan of it because I love energy guys. You need those types of players on your team. So you score, right. you score two goals. What was going through your mind, man? That had been unreal.
3: Oh, no, it was unreal. I mean, just like you said, that's what I was trying to do—bring that energy role. I mean, if you're playing eight, eight minutes a night, there's, you know, it is hard to chip in offensively. Well, you try, obviously, you want to, because I mean, I'm down in the H. I'm more of a, you know, point getter or look look towards to get some get some goals so obviously up there I would like to provide some offensive um that's I mean that's my game but so yeah that game I popped the first one in the first in the what was it the second oh yeah second period um it was just it was like a, honestly a relief kind of just a weight off my shoulder I could kind of relax a little bit more not like I was getting comfortable but I could relax a little bit more maybe uh be, have a little bit more poise with the puck and then and the third, I all of a sudden we turned the puck over. Had a quick two on one down, and uh, Petrovic made a hell of a pass. For me, and I just hammered it in. <laughs> that one, honestly, that one felt even better because I was just like, I scored the first one. The weight was off. That one was like, I felt like I was in it. That that was just like my normal sally too. I just swiped the ice. That one felt <laughs> good.
1: And then I think that's game you got in a fight with Weircock, right? Yeah. And then yeah. you you got kicked out afterwards because the time or whatever yeah, was it less than five minutes like
3: there was like four minutes left or something so i just i was like okay give me out of here <laughs>
1: was the place going nuts dude i feel like the place was probably rocking
3: it was i it was rock we were it was at home too and the place was rocking yeah it, that was a good night for sure
1: <laughs> that's unreal man unreal um lee you got the next one
0: yeah, so I mean, we could do a bunch of Florida stuff, but I feel what, like I
1: feel like I feel like we should do Florida stuff, and then we'll go into two minutes, well worth it. Yeah,
0: that's fine for me. What uh, what's it like playing with Yager? Would be our first question, I guess. Just playing it's with pretty, a legend. Like it's pretty neat, man. Uh, he's he has some, he has like
3: some different views on the game. It's kind of it's kind of refreshing actually to see him because he still, he hasn't really, I don't think he's changed much, like, he still kind of sticks to what he knows, he um, he does different types of routines, like, he'll he'll put weights on his sticks, weights on his feet, stuff like that, where you don't see that really too often, and I kind of like that stuff, where, like, different types of training methods, so, um, <laughs> tra- like, that type of stuff is pretty cool, and then obviously just Playing with just him, just being a legend, really is pretty darn cool. Just getting to play with him, he's a nice guy too. He cracks jokes and stuff. He's actually funnier, I think, than people think. Um, it's it's pretty.
1: It was pretty neat playing with him. I I I really like him. He's a nice guy. Uh, who's the funniest guy on the team?
3: Probably Yandel. Guy's pretty funny.
1: I was gonna, that's what the New York Ranger people would always say. That Yandel was like one of the funniest guys on the team. I didn't know if that was like true or not, so that makes yeah. me I mean, different.
3: I wouldn't tell that to his face, I wouldn't <laughs> let him know
0: that. But yeah, I'll give it to him. He's pretty funny. What about, uh, we got like any like Wiley veterans off other than Yager? I mean, I'm a huge Sean Thornton guy. I, I don't know. Oh, yeah, he's he's for sure the other Wiley veteran. That guy's great. Like, he, he, you know, came out to me
3: right away. Basically, when I think he found out, I made it. And he was, like, one of the first guys to just kind of, you know, say, if you need anything, I'm here. Just give me little pointers here and there. And <laughs> He's a great guy. Um, he's for sure that veteran presence
1: in the locker room. Who's the, who's the captain? Isn't it Derek McKenzie?
3: Yeah.
1: Okay, explain that to me, because I don't know much about him, and he's not, like, a household name. Is he just, like... No.
3: Yeah, um, I mean, he's just, like you said, he's that energy guy kind of... Uh, Part of the team, a uh, guy that you're gonna, you know, what you're gonna get out of him every single night. Literally, works his ass off every single day, even in practice. Like he's one of those guys where, um, which I think is, I think is good. You don't necessarily have to have the best player on your team. Where the C,
1: oh no, like, no, absolutely. You know, yeah, like so that's.
3: <clears throat> I'm sure a lot of people have asked the same question. You know, just because, like you said, he's not a household name. Yeah, but if you need, if you want a leader that way, then. That's your guy. Like he works his ass off.
1: Especially with like a young team, I that, that I feel like that totally makes sense with like the younger guys that's going true. up there. You know,
0: that's true.
1: Yeah. Um, let's
0: see here. Guys, last thing, just any random. You got any good stories you could share about that experience being in Florida? Uh,
2: uh, I
3: mean the food. The food up there is crazy. Like that's the <laughs> one thing. Honestly, like. It's insane how much you how much food there is. Like everywhere you look, there's food. Like we get, you get breakfast in the morning. You get lunch. Like it's, it's in, and it's all good. Like I don't know, but I don't really have any like crazy stories per se, but like just stuff like that. Where it's just like, oh man, it's just makes your, just literally makes your life so easy. Like it's just a piece of cake up there. You're literally just living life.
1: Dude, I feel, I feel like all like professional hockey players are just like regular hockey players just way better at hockey? Because, like, that would have been my answer. Like, food. thousand <laughs> yeah. percent.
3: Like, you jump on the plane, there's, like, appetizers right when you walk on. There's, <laughs> there's, like, there's juices, there's fruit plate, cheese plate. Then you sit down, you order a freaking meal, full-on meal. Like, choices, whatever you want. and then, And then they come by with dessert, they come by with milk, they come by with... Uh, crackers they come by with gum at the end when we're getting off the plane they come out by with gum tic tacs like it's
0: insane Harp
1: sounds like you miss it man <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, right? big oh,
3: food guy
0: I gotta I got ask this I know we we're supposed to move on but that just brought it up I don't know why food related to this but did you play with Patrick Maroon yeah I did yeah oh uh, yeah
1: do you have any stories yeah. about that guy
0: no, one, What did you hear his comment about how he doesn't play school plays hockey no what does he do Oh, he, um, yeah. he, like he got into something. He said that hockey was a man's game and uh, they basically
1: All the they, feminists like, of the world got pissed.
0: Yeah, so people got upset and he had to try to explain to the media that he meant that no women play in the NHL. And then one of the quotes in like his like big like response to like getting all this controversy about his comment was that he doesn't play school, he plays hockey. So <laughs> He doesn't play school. Yeah, Yeah, because
1: people are calling him, like, uneducated.
0: (laughs) I don't even know what that means.
1: Exactly, dude.
0: (laughs) When was this?
1: Like, recently.
0: If you look it up, you'll see a ton about it. It's It's really funny. Poor guy. I like that guy, and he's funny.
1: Patty Maroon is a Civic Center legend, I'd say, for sure.
3: Yeah right. I
1: know. We exactly. all we always we always rooted for Patty Maroon, and somehow he I don't know he's a good player too. He's rugged. I think he's on the Oilers yeah, right. now. Yeah.
2: Uh, yeah.
1: All right. So uh, now we're gonna get into like a little bit of two minutes, well worth it. So this is just random rapid fire questions. All right. So I will uh, hold on. Let me get my stopwatch ready, real quick. Clock. Stopwatch. Are right, you ready, Harps? I'm ready. All right, three, two, one. Is winning a Navy Molten Championship one of your biggest accomplishments? Secondly, and if you had to thank one person for all of your success, who would it be? <laughs>
3: I, uh, you know what, I gotta say, yes, it is one of my bigger accomplishments. Uh, just to have my name on that trophy is huge. I only got that one game, um, but yeah, it is huge. And, uh, you know, I. I guess the captain of that team, team Jimmy Collins. I guess I got to give him a shout out for that. And I mean, I, I didn't really want to, but I guess I have to. You know,
1: like it's probably one of on. my top three favorite moments in my life: like graduating college, first time I like <laughs> ever like made out with a girl, and an NHL player saying I'm his hero. All right, go. All
0: right. So one A is favorite restaurant, Glens Falls, New York, and one B is are you a Dango's guy? Because five night after a big uh, Phantom's win win was huge for me. Wow, that is huge. Okay, uh, I'll
3: answer two first. Yeah, Dangles. I totally dig Dangos, Five Cent Wings. I did a couple promotions there. I dig that place. Favorite restaurant in Glens Falls? Uh, probably either Raul's or uh, Log Jam. Okay.
1: How much time did you spend in Heritage Hall at the Civic Center?
3: <laughs> I found my way up there a few times. Okay. Can
0: you surf and house and if so how well?
3: I cannot surf. I I've tried and I'm not I never did enough growing up as a kid. I was always playing hockey, so I can't do it
1: very well. I'm not very good. You put up 80 points in WHL. I put up 104 in the Molson League winner. What's more impressive?
3: <laughs> did you really put up 104? I have
1: a puck, dude. It's taped up. <laughs>
3: damn. That's damn. How many games you guys play?
1: Like 35. It's no big deal, dude.
3: That might be more impressive almost. I don't even know. I
1: appreciate that.
3: That's like three and a half points a game or something. It's
1: whatever, dude, on my back.
0: <laughs> uh, we, we, got a, we got a buddy who lives in California. He's obsessed with uh, California burritos now. You got okay. the best California burrito spot. Is it? it actually, I'm just going to ask you. Does it live up to the hype? Is it really that great? Or is he just trying uh, to- I
3: mean, I don't really hype up the burritos that much. I mean, I do, I guess, have a couple spots. Like, I like Sharky's. It's pretty damn good. I think they're burritos damn good, and they're, they're pretty healthy, too, so, um, I guess I'll give that as my burrito shout out.
1: Okay, uh, Wayne, Wayne Gretzky attended your seventh birthday party, did he bring Paulina Gretzky with him, and if so, was she hot when she was, like, seven years old?
3: <laughs> yeah, she was there, uh, with Ty Gretzky, I played with both of them, and, uh, I'm, at seven years old, I, I, I didn't, I don't think so, she was, like, uh... <laughs> I don't really remember I don't honestly don't even remember that much of it but uh, I don't think so
1: <laughs> she, she she has a tattoo that says uh the great one like on her inner hip I didn't know if you knew that or not but does she yeah it says the great one and I think I, I think 99 too so that's no savage move, yeah and then uh I'll just I'll do the last one so you wore 38 for the Panthers I wear 38 for Navy Molson's. is this just another coincidence or are we best friends
3: I I don't know who copied who there uh because I did have 38 in camp last year at Florida, so it depends when you got that number. I'm really curious. Well, if
1: you ever want to play Sienna Club Hockey, just search the video Sienna Hockey on YouTube, and I have, like, an interview wearing 38, and that was, like, four years ago. So
3: <laughs> Yeah, you got me beat again. That's why you're my biggest inspiration.
1: That's what I'm saying, dude. That's what I'm saying. But Harps, uh, we really appreciate you coming on. Lee, do you have anything else for him?
0: Oh, just thanks a lot, man. We really appreciate it. Yeah, that was was awesome.
1: Uh, If you want to follow uh, Shane Harper on Twitter, it's what, at Cali Sharp? Yeah, at Cali underscore Sharp. Okay. All right, fair enough. All right, thanks again uh, for coming on Ride That Wave, and we will talk to you soon. Yes, sir. Right that way. Thanks, guys. I appreciate
2: it. The only thing I'm seeing I'd like to put an amend on, perhaps a little more room here for the fixins'. You know what I'm talking about? Ooh, we're going to have a lot of
3: fixings. We're going to
2: have so many fucking fixings up in this motherfucker. This shit's going to go through the roof, man. Goddamn, oh. oh, damn, I'm shitting gold these days.
1: So it's been a while since we've kind of gone off tangents about our favorite teams. So this, this little segment is just going to be strictly about Rangers and Bruins. Um, kind of get into you know how everybody's doing and stuff like that. So Danny, up to this point, give me your feels on the New York Rangers.
2: I think they're, I think they're they they've hit a real rough patch. I think obviously they've been they've been whatnot. Um, but they're they're battling. They're scraping away at it, chipping away at it. I mean they they've gotten embarrassed a couple times. Just complete. Terrible performances, um, but then they can come back and kind of chip away and grind out a win, which is a good sign. I think moving into the last half of the season into the playoffs, you want a team that can somehow find a way to win. But they gotta they gotta clean up their their act, especially on the the back end uh, defensively, as well as uh, Henrik. I've I know I always I always every time Henrik has a bad game, I always I always get on him. But I think this season, it just he's had some really good games. Obviously, and some uh, some bad games. Obviously, it's one of the hardest positions in sports to be consistent. Uh, but he's kind of he has scared me a little bit recently in this season. So it's luckily Rantan stepped up, and that's what you want from your backup uh, goaltender uh, to kind of be able to come in and, and win those games when you're when your go to guys kind of not feeling it. But he's got to start figuring his shit out. I think because uh, we, we will definitely need him uh, this last half of the season into the playoffs. So that's something that we need to consider addressing, uh, and he needs to figure shit out. But, no, it's, it'll be exciting to get these players, these injured guys back. I, I really wish Bucinevic could have had a full season. I would have loved to see how he you know, would develop over a full season. I think, I don't know why, I, I just think he's going to be a really good player. I love watching him play. And then I think, I don't know when his Jad's coming back, but I know, obviously I'm a Rangers fan, I'm kind of a bias, but I think he's obviously a really key part to our team this year. And any success that we're going to have, it's going to, I think, be around him. Um, and if Stepan keeps, you know, having these heroic in-between period talks, and I think we'll be fine because <laughs> they compared him to Mark Messier. So uh just kind of depends on how the group handles their shit coming in uh, this last half of the season, and everyone can kind of stay focused and figure their own game out and uh, pretty much just play their roles and uh, hope for the best. That's about it. No, I agree
1: with that. I think at the beginning of the year the Rangers were so hot because everybody was healthy. Um, Our forwards, our, our four lines, we really didn't have a fourth line. We just kept rolling through. And I think that in itself took away a lot of the shine on our defense. Our defense really didn't have to do much. All they'd have to do was get the one pass up, and then we'd have the puck in the offensive zone the whole time. So uh, having these injuries really show how brutal our defense is. Uh, quick little 2-0 and o with Mark Stahl out of the lineup. Classic. I mean, don't read too much into that, New York media, but Mark Stahl is fucking terrible. Uh, Dan Girardi, I still love him because he's a warrior but he's probably as terrible if not more terrible than Mark Stahl uh, the fact that that Glenn Denning kid doesn't play every night blows my mind I mean Dan when when you and I used to talk about being a defenseman coming out of the draft what is the first thing that an analyst says
2: great first pass
1: great first pass and uh, I watch the I, I try to break down the defense a little bit like when I'm watching these games so like whenever our defense has a puck I love to see if they're gonna dump the puck in who they pass it to if they're in a little bit of trouble. Because if you give the puck to the other team, it's pretty much a turnover. It's just a a change in possession, right? So you'll see Girardi and Stahl get it, where if they have the puck, they get a little bit of fucking pressure on them. They just fucking sail it to the other end of the ice, and the other team has the puck. Clen Denning, no joke, probably 90% of the time, he's either making a good first pass or he's just going to eat the puck until somebody else can come and support him. Or, you know, if he goes up to to the red line to dump it in and his team's on a change... Instead of dumping in and he'll just fucking turn right back around and wait for he has fresh legs on the ice and then go up the ice. Just, like, little fucking decisions like that that our defense doesn't make, which I don't know why, blows my mind. And on on to Henrik Lundqvist, I mean, he's been the king for so long, and I think some of it has to do with, I mean, Antti Rantz has played awesome, but I don't know, because we've all played hockey. If your backup goalies in the net, it seems like you play a little bit tighter defensively, like, because you know it's your backup, where... Where if you're starters in, you play way more loose. And I think the Rangers kind of have a little bit of a case of that. But, I mean, Henrik, he is he hit it on the head. When he's playing great, it's hard, it's almost impossible to score on him. But when he's playing bad, it's like fucking anybody can. Uh, his consistency this year has just been... I don't i don't know what's going on with him. Uh, again, we've had the injury bug. We've, we've been out with Bucinevic and Zabinijad for a while. Rick Nash, we've, he's been out for a while. He's been arguably probably our best forward when he's been healthy. So getting those three guys back, that'll be very, very helpful. Um, but, I mean, it, it's scary looking at our defense thinking that people think we're a legit Stanley Cup contender when, I mean, Dan Girardi, man, either you can take him wide 100% of the time, or if he's going to cheat, you can cut right to the middle. It's You're an NHL player. You're getting around that guy 100% of the time. And I think it also, with, with Girardi out there, it takes away from what McDonough can truly do because McDonough's like babysitting him the whole time. You know what I mean? McDonough can't be the defenseman that he needs to be, but now they have him playing with Brady Shea, and that that tandem looks very, very good. Uh, Hayes is still having a great year. Miller's been a little cold as of late, but he's fine. Zuccarello is a playmaker. Grabner has 18 fucking goals. uh it's just weird, and I mean, I've never been more pissed off than when somebody said somebody compared Derek Stepan to Mark Messier. Like, maybe Mark Messier's like dumb little cousin. But not Mark Messier. Don't even get that twisted. Like, that's so embarrassing. If I was Mark Messier, I'd probably never watch another Rangers game after hearing that. Uh, I mean, I guess they have the same kind of, like, hairstyle. But Stepan's also, like, 26. Um, I think, yeah, so when the forwards come back, I think we'll be in way better shape and stuff along those lines. I would still want to see a trade for defense, but I don't know who you can do or who you'd have to give up. But uh, Art D is that bad where, like, if we want to make a serious run at a cup, that's that's what we need. We have the speed, but you have to have that ability to make that first pass and not just turn over the puck whenever you feel like you have some sort of pressure on you. Um, but yeah, I mean, for the most part, that's that's kind of my Rangers take. That that loss to Buffalo a couple nights ago killed me. That's tough. Because that, I mean, it sucked that it was it was to Buffalo, but it also sucked because we were on home ice. Uh, It was Kenny Albert and, like, some other random fucking guy on NBC Sports. And they just played the worst fucking game. I don't even know what they were doing. So, Um, I'm still – I mean, they're going to make the playoffs. If they fix their defense, maybe they'll make a run. But, uh, I don't know. And one last thing, it kind of pisses me off that when the Rangers get down two goals, all of a sudden they're like, okay, now we should start playing. Like – I think that's just a lack of leadership. That's a, It's a lack of having somebody on your team not waking you guys up at the start of the game. You know what I mean? So, uh, yep, that's my Rangers take. Ryan, I don't know if you watch a lot of Rangers games. What do you have on them?
0: Well, I'll a little outside perspective. I think we're going to keep it light. I think Rangers fans need to take a deep breath to take a couple Xanax. You guys are fine. Like, Look where you are in the fucking standings right now. You're in the best division in the league, and if... Blue Jacks to do something monumental. You're in first place. Uh, your defense, while it does have its flaws, it's top ten in the league getting goals against. I mean, you guys do have a pretty solid defense. It's not perfect by any stretch of the means, but you have at least four very serviceable defensemen that can play 20 minutes a game, yeah.
1: Okay, I'm going to counter that argument thus far. Um, the Rangers had the hottest start in hockey. I've never seen a team have a start. I, I mean, it serves. Grabner has 18 goals, dude. The guy hasn't scored since fucking November. Rangers had the hottest start in hockey, and I think if you look at our goal differential and shit like that, that kind of plays a, a significant role. But, Lee, if you look at, like, the past maybe 12 games, maybe maybe 15 games when people started getting hurt and shit like that, I mean, yeah, we do have wins, but our losses have been fucking stinkers, dude. They They haven't been, like, quality losses. They've been, like, we packed it in, and we just don't give a fuck type losses. Like, so
0: you have, you have three pretty big names out of your lineup in your yep. seven and three in your last ten. Like, that's not bad. That's sustaining injuries. That's going to happen in December. Yeah. I mean, teams, teams that win the Stanley Cup go through this in the midseason all the time. It's about peaking at the right time. And if you can stay afloat during this shitty time, and they add a piece or two, it doesn't have to be big. It could be a couple small veteran complimentary players. Then they're going to look good going into the playoffs, and they're going to be a favorite out of the East for sure. Maybe one move on... D. Do you guys have anybody in the AHL you'd like to give a shot on D? They have a
1: I'm kid not... they have a kid, Ryan Graves. I don't know how good he is, but he won like the fastest shot competition in the AHL like two years ago. He has like a hundred and three mile an hour slap shot. I mean,
0: it's always what? worth a
1: shot, Matt Bodie, dude. <laughs> dude. Guy weighs a buck forty playing professional hockey. I mean, I
0: don't know. I I think you guys are fine. I think there are some flaws. You guys have a ridiculous shooting percentage. I think a lot of that has to do with The beginning of the year. I looked it up just because I wanted to fact check myself on Columbus having the highest in the league. It's actually the Rangers have the highest shooting percentage in the league. It's 5% higher than the Bruins, which is fucking asinine. And it's about 3% higher than the league average. So, I mean, a lot of pucks are going in. Your offense is going to falter a little bit. So, I guess it will come back to seeing if your defense can play in those big games. I wouldn't be worried about Hank too much because I think you are right in the sense that the it's lackadaisical sometimes when they trust their goalie too much. I think I think that goes away in the playoffs. I think you're going to see a lot tighter of a game, obviously in the playoffs, like every other team. I don't know if I was a Rangers fan, I would be I would be pretty optimistic about this season. Uh, there aren't too many scary teams in the East. There really aren't. I mean, if you guys add one or you add one defenseman and maybe one I don't know who that would be. I think you guys will be sitting pretty in the end of the year.
1: I mean hopefully fingers crossed. What do you got on the Bruins? You guys still playing well?
0: Jimmy, your eyes closed, bud? No. Taking a nap? Alright, you look fucking beat, I know. Sunday morning. I don't have much on the fucking Bruins. It's the same shit I've been saying all year. We're just fucking we're just riding... I don't know, I just feel like I'm riding a fucking wave. I, I could ne- I can't get a read on this goddamn team. They're so fucking up and down, it's asinine. Our defense has actually looked pretty great this year, which is fucking crazy to think about. Uh, I mean, a lot of that to me is because fucking John Michael Isles has been out of the lineup. Uh, I, I, I don't know. I could, I could go back and forth on this team all year, so I'm just going to say pretty even keeled. There's a lot of rumors right now with uh, Wait, Don down. Sweeney. Oh, now sorry. Be Don Sweeney's. Talking to fucking Joe Sackick uh, out in Colorado, and Landis Cox, pretty much, I guess, the hot ticket right now.
1: Yeah.
0: And I guess the Bruins and Jose are the two teams I really interested in that. We have enough prospects to get it done. Like, I love what Don Sweeney did in the sense that he built our farm system. And while he did make some questionable picks, he made some fucking outstanding picks we were actually pretty fucking loaded. But there's not enough room for all those guys playing an NHL roster. So if he doesn't pull the trigger and trade a couple of them away, then there was no point to that fucking rebuild because they're not all going to be there. And we do have a window of Bergeron and Krejci, and they are in their primes, and Marchant. And if we wait five years for all these guys to be leading our team, then they're going to be fucking done. And what our strength of our team is now is going to be our weakness. So there's that mix of getting those young guys in the lineup and also pulling the trigger on a Landis deal would be fucking huge. We'd have two formidable lines. I mean, having a second line of Krejci, Landis and Backus would be unreal. Back is Bacchus dead? Dude, fine. No, he's back. He came back last night and scored a goal. Good. Uh, good, good he's on great. for, like, 20. He's been great. I have no concerns with Bacchus this year. It's just, I don't know. Some, something needs to change because it's a pretty mediocre product, but I guess I'm excited for the future, so that's what I've got going. There else to say is it's not as bad as a lot of Bruins fans make it seem. When you, I mean, when you root for the city of champions, you know, which we are, You've seen so much success. It's pretty much like if your team's not winning at a pace like the Rangers are right now, then it's a complete failure. And that's not always going to be the fucking case. So, I'd like to see them make the playoffs this year. I I have my doubts right now. They're sitting in a playoff spot, but they have plenty of games at hand on the teams behind them. I think Maple Leafs will fall apart. All I mean, three teams are going to make it from our division. That's it. The other five are coming from the other conference. So, I mean, just gotta we gotta hold off the lightning. But I mean, they're always fucking injured. I'm so sick of this like, rhetoric that the Lightning are fucking, have bad luck. Like, they're just fucking injury prone. Their yeah. stories are made out of fucking grass. Yeah. It happens every fucking year. Like, give me a fucking break with that. It's not an accident at this point. They just have guys that get fucking injured. Like, it's going to happen. It's no longer just, oh, this happened out of nowhere. It's going to continue to happen. So I honestly see the Lightning this being the year that they fall back. But that's what I got on the press.
1: Yeah, bo- boil's on the IR right now, dude. Uh-oh.
0: One more thing, I gotta throw this in for the Bruins. I know you guys probably won't fucking care, and you're gonna hoot and holler, but Danny
1: Ainge, Milt Schmidt died. Oh yeah,
0: Milt Schmidt, died. absolute legend. I know he probably doesn't mean much to people in Boston. I obviously never watched him play; barely seen a fucking highlight. But he's pretty much, I mean, like the Bruin. He kind of goes unknown outside of Boston, but I mean, put up, won a Stanley Cup. He's the only person in the franchise's history to be the captain, the coach, and the GM. One, two, is the GM. Uh, He's also the only Boston Bruin to ever get carried off the ice by the Montreal Canadiens in Montreal. He was one of those last athletes that fought in World War II. He was in the Air Force for Canada, and he left at the time of his career. So those guys like Ted Williams are always fucking legends in my mind, and uh, he really is the guy that created what is the Big Bad Bruins and like the philosophy of our organization. So it's kind of sad to see that guy go. 'Cause he was always fucking cool to see you wheeled out at a game always pumped
1: me up. <laughs> he was he was GM yeah. player and coach.
0: Well at different he was so at who, different times. Who, who does like, that
1: sound like, dude? Well, it's,
0: I guess it sounds like you, dude, except for you never
1: fought in the World War II. I know. True. Nazis.
0: true. He I, went to the battlefield, dude. I'm gonna You're I'm crazy, gonna
1: make man. I'm gonna make the Pale team, our junior varsity team this summer, carry me off the ice of the Alvin County
2: rank, dude. <laughs>
1: Naples lift me up dude and then I'll go to Boston spot I'll spit in somebody's face and we'll start a turf war with those guys dude call it that, dude. call me Milty Schmidt rest <laughs> in peace to that guy that's kind of cool I didn't know I didn't know anything about him NHL network had like breaking news on like the bottom line and shit I'm like who the fuck is this guy but uh, that's cool dude I, I mean obviously isn't cool that he died but like seems like he was like a very very like uh, go to guy for your uh, organization so that's Re- Dawson Paris, and him, right, Dan? T's and P's. T's and P's, a little, dude.
0: Guys, a little outsider view. You guys have any insight on the Bruins? I know you don't watch them much.
1: On the B's, dude? I don't have it. Love your goalie. I think you guys have a better defense than we do. And you you got, you got, need more forwards. Like, Martian and Bergeron. Again, this is outside. I don't watch every game, but I'm assuming they're probably carrying your offense. And then, like, you look at, like, the second and third line, like, Blesky. I I know you love him, but when I think of him, I think of him as, like, a fucking very strong, like, third line winger. Yeah, Backus, Krejci, I feel like Krejci's had a down year the past however many years, maybe that's wrong, but, like, I feel like when Krejci was on, Krejci was on, and he hasn't been on in a while. I think if you guys get a land, that's exactly what you guys need. So then you guys can actually roll lines, and you don't have to fucking worry about mismatching and, like, Putting Dominic Moore up on the fucking second line and shit like that. So, uh, yeah, you guys get one more forward, man, and then and then going into the playoffs, you're definitely like one of those sleeper teams where it's like, if you if you go in thinking you're gonna beat the Bruins, good fucking luck.
0: I mean, a Cre- I will say, I agree that Krejci's been off. He's had so many injuries. He's heating up, and he's heating up in a big way. And he's been he's been kind of carrying our offense for the last ten or so games. Uh, if, if he gets a legit, he hasn't had legitimate forwards for two years now on his line. Bacchus has helped a ton. Uh, I mean, Frank Petrano is good. I love Frank Petrano. Dan didn't you fight like a fourteen-year-old Frank Petrano? I I
2: slashed him in uh, back in when he was fourteen. I think I was fifteen or sixteen. I, I took him out of the game. So. <laughs> All right, there we go. So Dan's bullying. started his
0: injury proneness. So he, thank, you. He, thank, you. thank me, Ryan. Yeah, thanks. He, I mean, he's been huge, but I'd rather see him as a third line trigger guy. I don't mind our third line. I think I think when Velasquez comes back, he's gonna figure out on the fourth line. We'll, we get scug Our lines fill out so fucking nicely, and I'll be so happy with the team we feel just because guys like Riley Nash, who might be the worst Barones has been fucking Mark Mowers of fucking Whitesboro, New York, has been on our team. Like it's been, he's so bad. Uh, just.
1: How's, how's Jimmy Ben
0: Terrible, absolutely fucking terrible. <sighs> can't wait. I can't wait. I hope he plays in Las Vegas next year. I feel bad for him. I just think he's a change of scenery. I think if he goes somewhere else a like fifteen, but it's not gonna fucking happen here. You know, he's been cyberbullied too much. He's a fucking beaten pup with his Friday <sighs> Dorchester, I, dude. I agree.
2: I think I've oh, I've never hated the Bruins. I I've always liked watching the play, especially that um, was it. 2011, that cup against Vancouver, um, unreal. I was a huge fan of them. I think they're one of those teams that they just need to get to the playoffs. I think the Bruins, um, like kind of what Jimmy said, you can't sleep on them ever, especially well, I mean any team really in the playoffs, but yeah. But with that goalie
1: and like Charon defense anchoring that shit, dude. They
2: have enough. They have enough leadership and guys who've been there before. And you know they're always going to be that tough playoff team to play against. Uh, so I I, I guess their biggest concern I guess obviously for many teams is making the playoffs and then who knows what they can do in the playoffs. So I think they're always going to be a strong playoff team. Um, this is kind of just off like topic a little bit, but it's still kind of the Bruins. I don't know if you saw it, Lee. I, I saw this on Twitter. I guess a few. This was a, I guess a week ago now. Um, did you see the when they played? Uh, Buffalo did you watch that game by any chance because they're talking about this whole Kevin Miller or Vander Kane thing Yeah you know, like
1: oh good call of that.
2: I guess I guess Kevin Miller tried to fight I didn't see the video but I guess he tried to fight Evander Kane and then like when the refs came in Ben Vander Kane tried to act, acting all tough and then Vander Kane shoots out a tweet like after the game like he said when a guy pretends to want to fight and only chirps with on a six six linesman is standing in the way hashtag Kevin Miller hashtag pretender, Hashtag stop lying. I mean, I I hate Evander Kane. He, won,
1: he went he went on he went on like a Dave. He, he went Evan, on like a. Kevin da-
0: Miller's a tough guy. He fights like he fights. I
1: mean, Evander Kane went on like a Dave Clap like hashtag Twitter rant like you like like you know those people yeah, that just like hashtag like a million things like welcome to fucking Twitter Evander Kane you fucking loser
2: hate players and people like Evander Kane it is so annoying and especially just watch any one of Kevin Miller's fights he's a tough motherfucker dude it's he, unbelievable
0: I mean Kane can obviously throw and yeah Miller's like broken orbital bones he ruined he made Travis Moan retire he literally yeah. broke his face that was a good the, punch the thing that pissed me off about that narrative is the Bruins have played the Sabres three times this year or four Swap and them. Miller Miller has been chasing Kane every fucking game. Like, you can tell that Kevin Miller hates Evander Kane more than anything in the world. And that game was so fucked, the way it happened. I, this is another topic. Uh, the McQuaid fight was, like, the biggest bullshit in the world. That still yeah. boggles my mind. Uh, uh, yeah. I don't know if the readers really got into that. But basically, there's oh, a cheap shot in And fucking Miller... I mean, McQuaid, I, I know we sure McQuaid, but he, no, got on dude, he literally bolted onto the ice. He got the puck. He just took some bullshit slap shot, <laughs> fell down, <laughs> and, got up and went full speed after this fucking kid and started throwing at him. And fucking the refs get in the way, tie his hands up and yeah. let the kid throw at his face. Like, I know. Like, what the, dude, the linesmen are making the game more dangerous. Like, yeah. I know. If a guy, if the other guy dropped his gloves, if two guys want to fight, get the fuck out of this fucking It's rap. more yeah. dangerous for them. It's it's asinine. Like, I know. Fighting is down. That's an emotional fight. If it's not staged and it's emotional, let them fucking go. Because yeah. all that's going to happen is the cheap shots are going to continue to get up. Because you know that you're going to be able to hide behind a ref, like fucking Evander Kane and then twist it the other way around. Yeah. That's my rant. That was Oh, dude! I saw. I remember. I was. I was watching.
2: It was over when I was home for the holiday. I was. I was. I watched that fight on HockeyFights.com. I was generally pissed off. I went and showed my dad immediately. I was like, "This is what's wrong with these stupid lines with nowadays. Having to break up. Okay, I can sort of understand. Like you just said, breaking up. You know, two guys just fighting, maybe for the sake of it, off a draw, off a face off. Okay, maybe step in, but at the same time, like. Cares if fights gonna last like twenty seconds. Anyways, just let go. But especially in that case, dude, when like you said, it's such an emotional fight, and the ref just literally has him tied up as he's just eating punches. And he comes out all bloody, looking like he just got his ass kicked. When in reality it was just like some terrible situation,
1: dude. I know, I know, right there. I know you can't like hit a ref, but if I'm in a situation where I'm fighting and a ref has my hands down and I can't defend myself, and I and I eat, like, four punches to the face, so they break up the fight, I know I'd probably get suspended from the league of all time, but, like, in that moment, I would want to fucking end that ref. Wouldn't you? Like, fuck that guy. I just got punched in the face four times because of you, because you're not good enough to make the NHL, so you're a ref. I would fucking lose it.
2: There's a... Uh, this is... It's not trying to sound sweet and all but the one when i was uh back in the day i had had one like decent and i was playing this kid and the ref it was like a line brawl in like massive marlboro massachusetts and uh this ref comes over to break it up and i'm kind of like i don't know i'm giving it to the kid pretty decently and they ref Tries to break up. He just looks at me. I guess there was a, because there was a live ball, there was another fight going on. He tried to break up that fight and he got clocked in the face. This ref was just gushing blood. <laughs> so he's like, I just got punched in the face. Fucking stop fighting. I was like, okay. You win. I was one of the most funniest things ever, dude. This ref looked like he just got the shit kicked out of him. Um, but that's what they deserve when they try to get into those
0: fights like that. It's I'm, I'm so done with refs. And, like, yeah. it's like a hot take, but, like, if a player pushes a ref, give him, like, two minutes, I guess, whatever. But, like, I saw, like, D'Angelo in the AHL. Uh, I like that like kid. He's, a pretty good prospect. Yeah. Yeah. He, I, mean, I guess he's actually a fucking nutcase. Like, team really? People hate him in the locker room.
1: No uh, shit, dude. I like him even to more.
0: Touch- he's been suspended for touching a like, five times. But the other day, he got suspended because he, like, barely... Barely pushed a guy because the ref was trying to tie him up, and he was just kind of like, yeah. "Get off me!" Like there has to be like, a certain point where it's like, I don't know. These refs need to fucking figure out their role because they just seem to be getting worse and fucking worse at what they do. And I, wh- I, I, I'm assuming as it's coming down from the heads of the league on how they need to be treating all this, but if they're gonna continue to bear on people in the, like the heat of the moment, like get the fuck off me.
1: That's what I'm yeah. saying. Like, wouldn't you be so pissed off if, like, you couldn't defend yourself and you got punched in the face four times because some little uh. fucking nerd who used to get stuffed in lockers decided that you couldn't fight there? I.
2: And then all the, uh, yeah. then all uh, the idiot fans are like, oh, he got his ass kicked. Uh, and that would piss me
1: off even more, dude. I'm a Twitter warrior. I can't go to my mentions and see that I'm a huge pussy because some ref was fucking holding me down. Fuck that, dude. Fuck that! I don't, I don't know. It'll, it's going to be interesting to see the next time Evander Kane plays against Miller. Well, we'll I think that because, like, without a doubt, they're going to fight. I think it'll be the first shift that they're out there with each other, at least on Miller's end. Uh, but
0: well, dude, they're done for the year, so it's going to be next fucking year. Yeah. I will. I will say this just so McQuaid, you don't feel super fucking depressed. You did fucking hit that guy's noggin hard enough where he missed, like, five games for concussion protocol. So, no <laughs> way not. you're still a fucking warrior, Adam right? Equator.
1: All, right. <laughs> all right, Um. now uh, we'll do a little bit of three stars real quick. Is that cool? Yeah. All right, now we're going to give him right. three stars.
2: All right, Jim and Mike, thanks very kindly. A nice weekend for you. As always, our three-star
3: selectors are... Stars of the hockey scene, wherever we go on Roger's Hometown Hockey. Three
1: stars of the week, here we go. This is because USA just took out Canada in the World Junior Tournament, and Canada can suck or... Um, It's going to be top three favorite songs with that has to do with America, with like USA or American or something like that. Before we get into our three stars, Ryan wants to say something, and then he wants to go last. Did I get that right, Ryan? I don't
0: know, you just froze, so... But yeah, I don't know if that works. My, uh... My point I just wanna make on this is US junior team's old song was fucking trash. It used to be born in the
1: USA. I don't know what the fuck it was this year. They didn't have one this year. Yes, they did. It
0: was bullshit, dude. I don't know what the fuck it was. Are it was you
1: sure dude? Because I thought Canada only got one and Canada's was oh weird and boys
0: you know. No, they had a song that played every single time and it was off like a EA Sports like two thousand thirteen soundtrack. It was like a very slow song. I'll have to look it up, but they need a new goal song because every team did have a goal song because Russia had this crazy like. Oh, 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 oh. Oh, <laughs> dude. So, yeah, that's all I wanted to say is we need one of these songs to be their new goal song.
1: Nine in the afternoon, like, dude. How
0: that off that? Yeah,
2: dude. Russian Russian goal songs, like walkout songs, are always the most intimidating songs of all times. So that's always a loud old voice, just like. Just kill you. Like, dude, what's that? You ever watch the movie, uh. Dude, it's true. You ever watch the movie Warrior when the Russian,
1: like. Oh, yeah. The the player comes walking out and there's this this loud
2: voice yelling at you? Dude, it's so intimidating. I love Russian stuff. That makes me cringe. (laughs)
1: Alright. Alright, yeah. Oh, actually, yeah, okay. I'm going to change it really quick. And we're going to do top three uh, favorite. Slash maybe new Americans' Goal horns. that has to do with America, so it's the same thing. But okay, Dan, what do you got? Top three?
2: Gonna start off with uh, "Living in America." Um, great song. It was in the movie Rocky.
1: Yeah, I can do a little
2: rendition for you if you want. It's
1: got a little vin- vintageness to it too, dude. Like you know what I mean? Living it's a little throwback. Living
2: in America.
1: <clears throat> <laughs> yeah. um, Shit, dude. Then,
2: The uh, Party in the USA.
1: Okay. Was that Miley?
2: Yeah, and this is because I remember I was watching uh, Brad Marchand, like, 2011 playoff, like, highlight video. And pretty sure that song was, like, the, the song that was playing in the YouTube video. And it really fit really well, especially with Brad Marchand back in that day when he was a little younger, a little more party boy. Uh, so that's a great song, and then I'm gonna finish it off. And I know we talked a little, we talked a little bit about this. It might be a, of debate. Um, the overture of 1812. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was written. Maybe it written by some Russian guy.
1: Yeah, so the name's have weird. Loud
2: screaming element to it, but it was also in the movie Bad News Bears. Uh, so much makes it 100% an American song. Good call. So we can always eat it. And that's my favorite song of all time. So.
1: It's in the convention. We Every, every year we go to Dan's uh, Dan's Lake Cottage uh, out in Sacandaga. And we always wake up in the morning we play the Overture of 1812. That's how we get our day started. <laughs> so. um, I'll go right. next. So my first song is going to be Toby Keith, courtesy of the Red, White, and Blue. This song came out a little bit after 9-11. Uh, one of the best quotes from it is, because we'll put a boot in your ass, because that's the American way. Uh, Something about that gets me going. I remember when we killed Osama bin Laden, and I did the Stone Cold Steve Austin with two beers in my bathroom with that song playing in the background. So, uh, courtesy of the Red, White, and Blue. Second song, the Hulkster's entrance song. that starts out and it's like, I am a real American. Fight for the rights of every man. That song's sick. So that that could be a sick old horn. Uh, that'd be my number two. And then, shit, dude. I don't know if I should go Bruce or if I should go and be, like, kind of cool and, like, be like Dave Matthews, dude. Were either of those songs yours, Ryan? No. Okay, so, okay, I'm going to have a 3A and a 3B. 3A, Born in the USA, Bruce Springsteen. I mean, it's Bruce, dude. Everybody loves Bruce. It's very American. Uh, 3B, if you want to, like, you know, smoke a J, just kind of hang out, catch some Rays. American Baby by Dave Matthews is one of the most overplayed slash underrated songs ever that he ever produced, American Baby, so, uh, you can ask the Shack's about it, too. Shack's love, Dave Matthews' band, so, um, Lee, what do you got? Yeah, yeah, so this
0: is a good one right off the bat. Talked about, uh, Don McClain, American Pie.
1: Yep. Yep. Bye
0: Bye American Pie Actually I was telling them I, I went to this Old People Club Last night yeah, There's a co- country Cover band They played this song Like all 10 minutes In the entirety It brought the Fucking
1: house down It's, it's a fucking crazy. Banger dude
0: It's a great I don't know why It's not played At bars more often It's supposedly Written at Tin Lit in Saratoga Which is like The bar where 16 year old girls Go for the first time when they want to Experiment with older men
1: Yeah so, well, Welcome know. to the show Girls song.
0: But uh Yeah no. No, uh, I think
1: everybody, like, in the country knows that song, That's right? a great... Dude, you know, that's kind of like... I mean, Sweet Caroline's more of, like, a sing-along type of song, but that's the kind of vibe I get from American Pie. But but American Pie could be, too. Everybody could... Bye-bye, Mr. Mar-. Yeah, dude. Great All right. sing-along
0: song. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine if, like, an entire, like, state... Like, arena, like, sang that after oh. American
1: Pie. That'd be sick. You know? But I'm gonna throw an even bigger twist on it. American Pie featuring Avicii. Avicii... Fucking lays down some sick beats in the background, and it's American Pie, but like techno as fuck. Yeah,
0: that'd be great. Uh, house
1: house music, dude.
0: <laughs> Number two, this one brings a fucking tear to my eye. It doesn't have it in the title, but I mean, this land is your land.
1: Oh yeah, dude. See the shining sea, bud.
0: Not even, I'm not even being sarcastic when I say this. Like, I, I don't think I'm the most overly patriotic guy, but that song, like, makes me want to fucking cry every time. I have no fucking idea why. Yeah. Like, every, like, elementary school concert that I used to have to sing in, like, when I found out that was on the set list, like, I did a fucking fist pump.
1: You know like, what it fist fist is, dude? Because when you're up. young, like, you're an emotional kid, and then they have you sing, like, the most emotional, like, we're all equal type song, and it just, it kind of gets, I don't know. I like it, Ryan, but in the back of my mind, I fucking hate it.
0: This land was made for you and fucking me, kid. Yeah, Um,
1: you and me, dude, but nobody else, if you're not fucking American, get out.
0: So, Jesus Christ. Alright, last song. It's a little change of pace. Okay. That's the lyricist of our time. I gotta read a couple of these lyrics, because they're fucking unreal. American Badass by Kid Rock.
1: Oh, wow, dude. He's an all-time
0: fucking legend. (laughs) Let me read. I'll try to get my Kid Rock. Let me read a few of these lyrics. I'm an American badass, watch me kick. You can roll with my rock or you can suck my dick. I'm a porno <coughs> flick. I'm like amazing Grace. I'm gonna fuck some hoes after I rock this place. Then he goes down a little bit, brings up the bombings in Oklahoma, which is legit. Who knew I'd blow up like Oklahoma? Said fuck high school, pissed on my diploma. Smell the aroma, check my hits. I know it stinks in here, cause I'm the shit, shit, shit. So. Shit, I'm uh. a fucking kid rock, I mean, goddamn it. And on that thing, wow. I would say Ba with the Ba and Cowboy, like Kid Rock are both American classics. All
1: go, yeah. Kid Rock's ba. an American hero, dude. He really
0: fucking is.
2: Detroit's finest. Do you guys can you guys agree that Kid Rock, he's he's seen
0: some
1: shit? <laughs> yeah, dude, that guy is <laughs> shit, dude.
0: And I, I will never understand how he's best friends with fucking Uncle Cracker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they are. It's like how did that become a fucking thing? Dude, isn't Uncle
1: Cracker white? Yeah. Well, yeah, dude. I think I think he's Uncle Cracker, and I think he's making fun of black people calling white people crackers. That's why they're best friends. I don't think Uncle Cracker is very pro-black person, dude.
2: Dude, very soft.
1: Yeah, good call. <laughs> what is he saying? What was the song Uncle Cracker sings?
0: Oh. Uh, it's soul.
1: Solid. Yeah, want to get lost in rock and roll and drift, away, drift away, dude.
0: Dude, Kim Rock's CD album design was a middle
2: finger. <laughs> How awesome is that? What a guy, dude! He that's, was, that's uh, that's Colin's favorite artist. By my brother's favorite artist, by the way, he literally listens to Kid Rock. I think on a weekly basis.
1: Dude, like you know, I think next week I'm gonna give you guys some homework. Like you know, like uh, when you're in high school, they give you like those things you have to fill out that'll be in the media program or whatever. Yeah. We should. I'm gonna figure out what like you have to fill out, and we should like make the most nails like media profile for ourselves.
0: Sign me up,
1: like favorite yeah. artist. If you, can you imagine if you're in high school and the favorite artist said Kid Rock? Like what people would think of you?
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> fuck no, dude. Yeah, that'll be fun. We'll do that next week. But uh, everybody, thanks for coming on. Uh, if you get a chance, go on Twitter follow us at Morning Underscore Skate. I think I've been fucking that up and telling you that it's the Morning Skate, but it's morning underscore skate. Um, we have more than 100 followers. Uh, make sure you go uh, subscribe to us on SoundCloud and iTunes. Get that going. And, uh, yeah. So, you guys have anything else? No. Oh,
0: I mean, good luck getting back to work. It's week two after uh, Christmas break, so hang happy in. Happy New Year. It's going long five days.
1: Yeah, Happy New Year, guys. Now we're going to have the Overture of 1812, you know, welcome us out. See you guys.